You know, I've been thinking a lot about this, and it might just be easier if we put black in front of every black superhero's name. What you want, Black Falcon? You need to learn some manners. He ain't a falcon anymore, but he's still black. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of Stay Watching. As always, I'm your host, Larry. It's been a little while since you've heard my voice. After Godzilla vs. Kong, I took a little bit of a break, largely because the next episode that I wanted to do, I really wanted to focus on Falcon and the Winter, uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but I, I really wanted to gather how I wanted to approach it. There was an episode that I wanted to do before this one came out, but then I realized it would be, you know, in a sense, too much Marvel, and it really is along the same lines of what I found that I really wanted to talk about. So I'm going to include some of what that episode was going to be in this one. Um, it'll all make sense once I actually get going in this episode. But, you know, if you're here for just like a standard review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that's not really what this episode is, though. I will share kind of my my bare bones thoughts on it right at the very beginning. So um, hold on. I'll be right back. So, like I said, I, I really found myself wanting to talk about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second Disney Plus Marvel Cinematic Universe show to release this year. Um, and, you know, much like WandaVision, it's a show that you can tell there were some elements of it that had to be changed or rushed because of how the pandemic derailed portions of uh, their production, but overall, I thought it was a good experience. Um, you know, like I said, you know, this isn't going to be a long review of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's going to be more kind of my thoughts on a couple of elements that really stand out to me and made me want to talk about them. But, you know, much like WandaVision, I, I think this is a, a solid series all around. I, I would say that WandaVision, you know, and this isn't to compare the two of them because I think they are very two very different shows trying to do two very different things. Um, but I, I would say the main difference between them is because WandaVision was this kind of weird thing. Um, you know, I always love talking about weird things when it comes to Marvel and Falcon and the Winter Soldier was a little bit more down to earth. Uh, it just made me want to tune into WandaVision every week, whereas in, in some ways, Falcon and the Winter Soldier could feel like a little bit of work to me. And I, and I think part of that is exactly what I want to get into in this episode, but it's, it is the subject matter, you know, and it's not to say that WandaVision is a lighter show because, you know, again, it's, it's primarily dealing with grief, uh, but it used the structure of sitcoms to really put that message out there and to really approach that subject matter. 
Falcon and Winter Soldier, given that it is dealing with topics, you know, like like post-traumatic stress disorder, like racism, um, it, it doesn't necessarily have the same kind of fluffy sugar coating that it puts around those subjects. And, and I think that's, that's part of why I think a lot of people just generally bounced off of Falcon and the Winter Soldier in a, in a specific way. Um, you know, I, I think what's really sad about watching the discourse around the show is, you know, it, it, it it's always wild to me that Marvel is a company, you know, and comics in general have been this kind of, you know, bastion for social justice, you know, not all at once. Obviously, there have been problems for years, especially in regards to, um, you know, uh, racist depictions of some characters, you know, when you had largely, you know, white writing departments, white artists creating these characters and doing all of this stuff, there were going to be problems. But that said, as a medium as a whole, it's always been kind of on the cutting edge of fighting for kind of social justice and looking at things like equal rights. And, you know, I, I don't know how many superheroes have had to fight the fight the clan or fight nazis and and it's clear especially when looking at marvel that this bend towards social justice this bend towards equality inclusion equity is something that they are looking at and so to see some of the discourse around falcon and the winter soldier devolve into you know really you know, racists who don't want to be bothered thinking about the struggles that black superheroes might face is is just it's sad to me, you know, and, and I think that's that's what's really kind of challenging about it, because, you know, while I would argue that the show doesn't always tackle these subjects perfectly i think it does a very good job of really showcasing that there are two very different worlds that these characters live in you know so falcon is a character who helped save the united states you know he helped stop hydra when they were going to destroy washington dc like do we forget about that like sure the the things that happened in civil war happened and you know he gets snapped out of existence later but he comes back he helps save the world and so to see this black character who did his part to save the world but he can't get alone you know it, it is it is interesting because it's directly referencing what happened to black soldiers <laughs> coming home from war. You know, it, it, it's looking at things like what happened to family members that I have who were not treated properly after serving this country. And I think that's really what I found compelling about the show, because, you know, at the heart of Falcon and the Winter Soldier or is Captain America's shield. And it's this idea of the battle for the shield. And the US government calls on Sam Wilson to give the shield back, despite it being bestowed upon him by Captain America, by Steve Rogers. You know, Steve handpicked Sam Wilson to be his successor. And sure, 
you know, apparently based on what we learned in the show, he had that conversation with Bucky. They thought it, you know, Bucky trusted Steve to know that Sam would be the right person, but neither Bucky nor Steve could really understand the weight of handing this object to a black person. They couldn't really understand the challenges in a sense that that being this ultra patriotic symbol, picking up this mantle can mean for a black person, because much like Captain America's, you know, weapon of choice, which is which is an object of defense. Patriotism isn't a shield that can protect all of us. And, you know, it, it, it's it's something that is echoed in other characters in this show. You know, really, when we when we look at multiple elements that are that are kind of happening in this story, they introduce, you know, elements of the the red, white and black, the, the truth storyline and Isaiah Bradley, a, a super soldier who was part of an experiment by the U.S. government where they were trying to recreate the super soldier serum that created Captain America. And they give it to these black soldiers, hundred uh, around a hundred of them or so. I forget what number they exactly used in the show, but all but one of them dies. And they, they juxtapose this kind of story. They, they juxtapose it with the story of Captain America, the first Avenger. So, you know, if you don't remember Captain America, the first Avenger, there is a portion of that film where a number of Captain America's allies are, are captured by Nazis and against orders, Captain America decides to go on essentially a suicide mission by himself to kind of save those men. And he's lauded as a hero for it. And so in this story, we're told that Isaiah Bradley does the same thing. And, and this happens in the comics as well. If you've read the comics, a version of this happens, but he goes back and, and his and members of his unit are captured and the military decides, well, we'd probably be better off if, if we just bombed them and destroyed the evidence of our experiments. Let's just, let's just wash our hands of these, these black test subjects that we so callously experimented on. And so Isaiah Bradley doesn't let that stand. He goes back, he saves those men, but in the process, you know, he is jailed. The US government jails him and they experiment on him and they take his blood all in the hopes, because he is the lone survivor of this experiment, all in the hopes of kind of recreating the super soldier experiment again. And, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's that whole thing of these men who, took on this patriotic duty in a sense, in a way to guard themselves against the ills of racism in this country. You know, you, you hear it a lot from, from people that, that try to, that, that go into armed forces. And, and again, like I, I did not serve, but I have family members who served. I have friends that have served and a lot of it is, you know, that hope of finding camaraderie, that hope of finding family and that hope of kind of escaping some of those things that you might face here. And to know that those things aren't 
they aren't washed away by the uniform. They aren't, you're not, the uniform doesn't fully protect you from those things. I, I think that's what's really interesting about what this show is saying. And, and maybe not, maybe not fully saying, you know, maybe the show isn't going all the way there, though it is pretty obvious that that's part of what it's saying. But I think it's also what, it's hard for me to divorce myself from those thoughts watching the show. Um, you know, especially looking back on this past year, you know, it, it would be ridiculous to not, you know, put it in the context of what is going on in this country and what was going on when I was watching this show. So for the, for like the last couple of weeks of the show, you know, we have the, the Derek Chauvin trial, the, the police officer who murdered George Floyd is on trial while we're watching Falcon and Winter Soldier, while we're watching this, this black man, struggle with the idea of picking up a a job title that is traditionally held by this white man and you know there's there's that challenge to it there was that challenge of kind of watching this unfold because you know there's this is happening on multiple levels so it's like you are in a sense drained by what's going on in the actual world. You know, we have this this trial. We, you know, it seems like a, on a nearly daily basis, we're seeing another black person murdered by police officer or, you know, another black or brown person. You know, this has been, you know, one of the things that we have been protesting and, and fighting and, and dealing with in the middle of a pandemic. And so all of that's there. All right. And so we're watching the show and it's trying to have this dialogue about race and racism. And while we're doing that, while we're doing the work of kind of dissecting the way that the show is, is processing these ideas or presenting these ideas. Again, sometimes it does it pretty well. There are going to be people who argue that it didn't go far enough, which look, I'm going to be real. Like this is a, this is a Disney property at this point. Like they're, they're not ever going to go far enough for those of us who might feel a little bit more radically about some of this stuff, but for the type of, you know, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a person who, who, says there's no excuse for this kind of thing. You know, I get it, but I believe for the type of company that is producing this content, they did a pretty good job of having this conversation. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's going to be elements of it that don't go far enough for people. There are going to be elements that don't quite work for everybody. Um, but the challenge is like, I don't think the show did a bad job of exploring those elements of race, but the fan base did a bad job of, of, of really dealing with those ideas. And so we, we get this, we get to this place where, you know, we're exhausted from arguing with people about why our lives matter. We are tired of explaining why, you know, police officers jobs aren't to murder us. But then when we jump over to the fantasy side, when we jump into this entertainment side of thing, 
well, now we have to argue with people who don't understand why a black character has to deal with race on a show. Oh, I don't understand why it's a big deal that, you know, this this black character would be Captain America. It, it It's incomprehensible to them. And so, you know, again, we find ourselves arguing, fighting the serious fight, fighting the real fight. But at the same time, in a sense, still needing to fight a pretty important fight to get people to understand when the struggle is kind of presented through a, an entertainment medium. And and it, and it goes a little bit beyond just, you know, Sam Wilson and the black struggle and, and that 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 difficult conversation between blackness and patriotism, um, and, you know, and all of that, you know, because we also have a subplot within this story that's that's looking at a refugee refugee crisis. So, you know, again, just jumping back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe of it all, you know, after Thanos snaps his fingers in Infinity War, half the population of the planet is wiped out five years during that five year period between, you know, the events of Infinity War and, you know, that kind of five year marker uh, or the end of the five year marker when they bring everybody back. People have kind of moved all over the world and people had been gone for five years. Different people started to move into their homes and that caused displacement when people came back so much like, again, real world things that are going on. People are displaced and people are unhappy. And so you have a humanitarian, you have a refugee crisis, which again, apparently some people within the fan base can't comprehend or, or, or for whatever reason, that storyline is too difficult for people to understand despite, you know, again, and, and maybe this is, maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm being unfair, but it's like, as somebody who has been watching the news pretty much my entire life, this is not a new issue. Refugee struggles, humanitarian struggles are not new issues. You know, we, we just got through a presidency of somebody who was shouting, build the wall because people were trying to escape situations that are less than ideal in the countries that they live in. And so this other storyline exists in a way that it allows us to see one of the antagonizing forces in this story as not necessarily being fully evil. Like, yes, I, I think they did a poor job in some aspects of the characterization of the leader of that group, the, the Carly Morienthal character, but the Flag Smashers overall are supposed to be a somewhat sympathetic group because, hey, these are people that were displaced from their homes when people returned from the snap. And rather than finding a way to support people equitably in the fashion of our world, in our capitalist structure, the answer is to just get these people away and not to really spend any money at all in rehousing them or relocating them, which causes problems. You know, if people have kind of put down roots and you're basically pushing them out, what do you do with that? And so, again, these these are difficult conversations. These are difficult questions, but they are grounded in reality. They are grounded in real events that are happening today and have been happening for the last couple of centuries. Like 
all of the issues that this show is tackling are not new yet a portion of the audience and and again it's it's the thing is like the loudest and wrongest voices are always amplified on the internet but those are the folks that that kind of got the mic and and in a lot of ways you know struggled with this show and and attempted to tear it down in this way that you know was was really frustrating you know and and i think that's i think that's what was what was kind of interesting about the finale of the show so you know again i i, I wouldn't say that they did that they stuck a land stuck the landing with the the aspects of you know the flag smashers and their struggle and everything like that you know there are elements of that that i think can could have done better and i understand that you know aspects of the story might have been changed due to a real life pandemic that we were going under going through uh, apparently there was supposed to be some sort of uh I, i'm guessing they were going to do the mad bomb and do some sort of uh viral agent in the show but opted not to once the pandemic started um, and so i think some of those elements of the show got cut out uh because again we we understand at one point that the flag smashers were stealing vaccine um and you know again i think that's just a storyline that got dropped but all right just excusing that there might have been elements that had to change uh but couldn't completely be com you know fully removed from the show you know in the finale we get the triumphant moment of of seeing sam in the captain america suit and you know, I, I typed this the morning that I watched the episode because, you know, again, I, I generally watch all of these shows first thing Friday morning, just so I, I don't end up having anything spoiled for me because, you know, I, I really enjoy this stuff. I, I, I want to be able to to watch it unspoiled, unfiltered as much as possible and just really formulate my own thoughts about it. I often watch it again later in the day just to, to take some additional notes or see if I miss anything because, you know, I this has become a family affair. Like my my mom and my sister call me and we talk about the episodes and I share the elements that happen in the comics and everything like that. And I think all of that goes into kind of why this episode in particular was so emotional. Um, but it's, but it's more than that. It, it, it is that idea of, you know, let's, let's come up from, you know, the black Panther, which is the first time we, we had a film led by a black superhero, you know, it's weird. Like the, the thing with Falcon and the winter soldier, that's really interesting and really sad at the same time is it, it kind of reminds you of the limitations of the Marvel cinematic universe. And, and this is where I kind of get into, um, that other episode that I wanted to record because, you know, the, the challenge that the MCU has is, you know, it often places black heroes or, or black best friends within these, within these movies. You know, you think about Iron Man and, and Rhodey war machine, you know, what is, what is Rhodey's thing? He is basically always trying to clean up after Tony Stark. He is a confident, he is a capable black person who has to clean up after this insufferable white man. And what does he get for all of it? He gets paralyzed in civil war. 
Thor. You know, you have characters like like Heimdall from Thor, who you know we we learn is is Thor's best friend, and he always has his eyes out, you know, for his buddy Thor and and keeping an eye on his on his woman and everything like that. And what does he get? He gets murdered by Thanos's crew. You know, you have. You know, even the Falcon, you know, before this, you know, what happens in Civil War? He gets arrested. He has to go on the run with Captain America, where he's a fugitive from the law for years, you know, or for however long it was between, you know, Civil War and Infinity War, you know, and, and there, there are other examples that we could bring up, too. But, you know, I was partially reminded of it because when I was sitting down and I was watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there, there's something very specific in the first episode where Sam Wilson talks to Rhodey and outside of the Black Panther, this is the first meaningful interaction between two black characters that we've really seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, and I'm sure someone will, you know, pull some random example and say, oh, well, this happened. But, you know, realistically, like, that's sad. Like, you know, it's been, what, three years since Black Panther came out now? And this is the first time since then that we've had, you know, two black characters have a meaningful interaction. And yes, yes, I know we've been experiencing pandemic. There have been movies that have been delayed. But like, if you even look before this film, there aren't a whole lot. There aren't a whole lot of weighty, meaningful conversations between two black characters outside of Black Panther. And so seeing that in this film, or in this in this TV series in this in this uh you know in this in this mini series you know it really had me you know reflecting on that and reflecting on blackness in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you know again i think all of that all of that weight and thinking about that is part of what kind of led to that emotionality when we got to the finale when we saw Sam Wilson in his in his new Captain America suit. And and I think the other part of it is, you know, for me, thinking about it, thinking about it within the context of these comics, we have this black American man who is wearing a costume symbolic of a country that was was built by the slave labor of black people in this country. So he's he's co-opting this symbol of America. He is reclaiming it for the people that built this country. And he is doing it in a suit built by people from the motherland, built by the Wakandans. Even though, again, Wakanda is not a real place. I know that, you know, but symbolically, that's what's that's what's amazing about it. Symbolically. A black man, a black American man is taking up the mantles, take, becoming the symbol of America. He's reclaiming the symbol of America with a shield made from, you know, the ore of the motherland with a suit made by the hands of people from the motherland. So a black person with the backing of other black people has reclaimed the symbol of America. And it's 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 wild. It, it, it's wild when I think about it in that context, because we don't really have that anywhere else in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, 
yeah, it's it's cool. Seeing Black Panther is awesome. You know, seeing this fictional Black Nation uh, is is cool. Like, I, I love the Afrofuturist aesthetic of all of that. But there's there's something there's something really it's so hard to put into words, but the way the symbolism of what happened in that finale just kind of punched me in the chest. A black American man, a black man is Captain America now. And, and yes, this happened in the comics. I, I saw it in the comics. I got excited when I saw it in the comics. There's something more real about it when it's on the screen. And there's something that's extra special about it when it is someone who is as genuine or, and comes across as genuine as, as somebody like Anthony Mackie, somebody who we know from an actor's perspective has has put in the work. You know, like you you think about the man's been in in what two were they Academy Award winning or Academy Award nominated films? You know, he has been doing this job for the last 20 some odd years, you know, and, and very seldom being the star of a lot of the projects that he's in. And he is finally, he's finally anointed in this way. And it's like, yes, he was given the shield in at the end of Endgame, but it wasn't real until that moment in the finale. It wasn't real until, you know, we see him smash through the window and stand up and, you know, he's got the shield, he's got the wings, he's got the comic, comic accurate suit. And look, I don't care if the suit looks 100% perfect or not. It doesn't matter. It's it's the moment of it all. It's the it's the symbol of it all. It's the symbolism. It's it's all of that stuff. And, you know, again, coming off of a week where, you know, we we just saw a, a, a police officer held accountable for murdering a black person only at the same time to learn that police murdered another black person and to see other folks murdered by police during that time. There's this weird juxtaposition and fantasy of it all. You know, there is that part where I stared up at the screen and I felt like a little kid. I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but, you know, growing up as as a black person in this country and, you know, watching violence done to black bodies on the television screen, you know, in real life scenarios for years and, and having all of that, having all of that in your mind as you as you watch this this black hero celebrated and anointed and, and taking, you know, taking his rightful place. It was emotional. I was overwhelmed. I was like, I, I can't pretend like I was not crying in that moment before before we got to speeches, before we got to the interaction at the end with Isaiah Bradley, which is something that I do have to come back to, I was emotional because, you know, it was a moment of hope, you know, and, and, I, and I know this is this is where this stuff is always challenging because there are going to be people who who don't understand 
the experience and they don't understand why people might react to a piece of entertainment in this way, but it's more than the entertainment, you know, like, I think it's, it's the challenge that sometimes, you know, when we, when we talk about, you know, criticizing works of art or understanding why things are powerful, even if they are not critically the best, this is, this is part of it, you know, because everybody is coming to these pieces of entertainment with their lived experiences, with their mindsets. And that's what kind of causes these things to have more power. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's why I was kind of overcome in that moment. And, you know, again, like it, I, I'm going to be honest, like I going into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like I wasn't, I hoped they would have cool fight scenes, but that wasn't what I was watching for. I remember talking to my sister about it and I was like, I'm not sure if they're going to go into it or how they're going to go into it, but I, I hope, I hope they tackle race in this. And, and I, I, I think they did that. I think they did that pretty well. And they, they gave us this moment that was just, just so enrapturing and, and challenging at the same time, you know, because again, it, it is, it is somewhat a fantasy you know it, it is it is this thing that that we're all striving for that doesn't fully exist yet and you know i i, I don't want to sound you know pessimistic but i i sometimes wonder if we ever will have that kind of moment in real life so there was something very beautiful about, you know, just Sam becoming Captain America and claiming the title and, you know, again, standing up to world leaders who were not taking seriously the problems of the people that they are elected to protect, that they are elected to serve, um, you know, and so I, I think that's an element that is is also interesting to see, you know to to be presented with a character at this point who doesn't isn't serving the US government isn't serving the US military and I, and I hope this is this is expounded upon in the future in the materials coming up you know but he is there to serve the people and he is there to show them an example of what America can be not what America is you know and I, and I think that's what's really there's another thing that's really interesting about the show because in a lot of ways, you know, they introduced the John Walker US agent character within the context of the show as a way to show what America is. It is the kind of self-important uh, elitist. It, it is the overconfident and it is the violent nature of this character that we're presented with. And, you know, again, it, it, it is important to remind ourselves that the show is doing something very delicate here because, you know, it wants it to be clear that that John Walker is not entirely bad. You know, the United States is not entirely bad, but there are things about the way that we operate that are not above scrutiny and that we should dissect and that we should be held accountable for. 
and and I think that's that's a really great juxtaposition to kind of show between that character, that version of Captain America, this this Captain America that will do whatever because he feels like he has jurisdiction all over the world. He feels like he is in command all over the world. People serve him. You know, there's there's that scene where he's when the guy spits in his face when he's like, do you know who I am? And it, it's just again, it's that juxtaposition of the America that is over everybody, the America that others serve, that others fear, that will go into another country and kill someone in the middle of the street and feel that it is justified. And then there is what we hope America is, which is which is that Sam Wilson, Captain America, an America that serves all people and serves them justly and doesn't, you know, isn't there to destroy and expand its own power, but it's there to improve the lives of all those around the world. And so, you know, again, when we when we talk about the fantasy of this show, you know, that's it. That's the idealism of this show flexing its, you know, flapping its wings. Um, and 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 again, like I I, I think there are going to be people that have issues with that. You know, again, when I when I when I speak to, you know, the the kind of more radical among us, like there are going to be issues with that because, you know, again, like there's that challenge of all right, of of course the 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 black man is being used to to share that that vision of the idealized version of America, the the America that we want to put on the brochures and, and tell people how great we are. Um, but at the same time, I, I think there's what we have to remember is, you know, we are kind of that living reality. We are that that living embodiment of the American ideal. Um, we just don't off. We just often don't benefit from that ideal. We don't benefit from, you know, that the the way that this place operates. And so, you know, again, like I. I it's a lot. I know there are going to be people who who agree. There are going to be people that disagree. You know, there are going to be people that, you know, I, I'm hoping there are people that won't support Marvel after this because I, I think it's important that, you know, I, I don't want to be sharing space with people who hold racist ideology, you know, and and don't understand these characters. You know, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's right. <laughs> I don't think that's what the creators and the writers and the, and the producers of these things, you know, want to happen. And so, you know, I, I, I hope that properties like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and, and stories like this going forward and like what they did with Watchmen. I hope these things are able to educate some and and truly, truly weed out the others. Because, you know, I think one of the things that has been great as, you know, you know, and I and I make fun of it a lot of times. I, I joke around about, you know, not wanting to be associated with nerd or geek culture. But one of the things that I do have to say is over the last several years, you know, sure, like the Internet makes the outsize, you know, it, it makes the racist reaction seem outsized and incredibly large. But, 
you know, as this stuff has become more popular and more inclusive, uh, it, it, it's allowed more space for people to feel seen and feel heard in it. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm just glad that, you know, we could be in this moment that that we got this version of Captain America, that they actually made it happen and, and they didn't just kind of sit around and say, oh, no, we're, we're not going to do this, even though we did it in the comics. We're, we're going to we're going to not do it. They did it. They did it. And they did it in a way that, you know, good. It, it made some racists angry. Let's keep making racists angry. Let's keep them from being comfortable because they shouldn't be comfortable. This is just, this is one of those things like how long has Captain America been punching Nazis in the face? But, you know, uh, beyond that, one thing that I that I do kind of want to end on and and one thing that uh, I, you know, again, I, I, I went into why why the finale of the show made me emotional and and you know i know a lot of people were kind of frustrated because most of the action happened up top in the episode in the last half hour we, like there wasn't a whole lot of action it was mostly character stuff but you know we have great moments of of sam wilson interacting with isaiah bradley you know the 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 super soldier who was experimented on that I, that I mentioned earlier. And, you know, earlier in the season, he, you know, he kind of asked Sam, you know, what, what black person in their right mind would want to be Captain America. And, and I remember seeing that and talking to my mom and talking to my sister. And it's like the challenge of him saying that is like, he doesn't believe it because he wants to be Captain America. He wants to live in a world where a black man can be respected in that way and, and hold up that mantle. And, you know, I, I think there's, there's that, that kind of beauty in that where, you know, we we want to be respected we want to be heard we want to be seen for you know the heroes that we are um and so there was there was a lot of beauty in the ending of the series where where sam you know takes isaiah and his grandson to the smithsonian where where sam has arranged to have you know a, a statue made in honor of isaiah and you know the the black men who were experimented on you know in 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 hopes of recreating you know captain america and you know the moment of embrace between them you know this 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 kind of older generation and and a new generation and you know, being true to one another, being true to your word and, you know, finding a way to support somebody without putting them in danger, finding a way to honor someone's legacy uh, without tearing down another. You know, I, I think that's, you know, it, it, I found myself thinking a lot about a number of different historical conversations and, you know, the way that we can do the work of appending history to make sure it's clear what our, and, and when I say our, I mean, you know, what black people's role in building this country is. And, and that, that, that goes for so many institutions, you know, I, I work at a place where, you know, historical markers are being placed around campus to recognize, you know, how this place was shaped by the hands of, of black folk. And, 
you know, to see that done in this show in the midst of, you know, and I, I, I'm so tired of the term racial reckoning, but, you know, it, it's hard to escape it here because that's what's going on. That's what we are seeing here. What's what we're seeing represented, um, you know, and, and to so deftly do that, you know, again, and, and I'm watching that. I'm thinking about it because I'm exposed to this at all times. And there are going to be people who don't even realize that that's what this is a commentary on. But it's important that we remember some of this stuff works subconsciously. And hopefully somebody who watched this show, you know, again, you know, I, 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 I'm going to say this like I don't really care about the racists. I want them to go away and disappear. But for people that are actually willing to learn, that are actually willing to take something away from this stuff, I want them to look at this and look at what's happening and to be able to take it and look at the real world, look at what's happening around them and see how it all lines up, see how the life, the world that we live in is reflected in these entertainment properties. And and on that, I, I'm gonna give you just one more thing because, you know, I was talking to my sister about it the other day. Like, usually when I'm working on the podcast, my favorite person to talk to is my sister because she just lets me get all of my ideas out there. She asks me great questions about them. But, you know, one of the other things that I, that I really found myself thinking about, especially after watching all of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And this this goes back to Black Panther. This goes back to Wakanda. It's the Dora Milaje. And, you know, again, one of pretty much everybody's favorite parts of the show was, you know, episode, I guess it was episode four, the Dora Milaje show up hunting down Baron Zemo uh, and they want him and they're super capable. They kicks, they kick everyone's ass. They kick, kick Captain America's ass. And, you know, again, it's just this, this idea, this showing, showing black women in control, black women who all too often are, are trying to save our world. I'm just, look, I'm, I'm not being hyperbolic here. Black women are often trying to save our world and not getting the credit that they deserve for the work that they do. And, you know, that's, that's what the, that's what I see in the Dora Milaje. Like, I, I think that's, that's kind of this, the awesome part about them. Like these, you know, these fearsome black women warriors who are, they, they are the backbone of Wakanda and the work that they are doing protects the world. And, you know, again, like I, in some ways, you know, Obviously, the rest of us have a lot of work that we need to do to help support black women. But, you know, there's there's just that that kind of awesome piece that that I love about seeing these these wonderful women of Wakanda in this show. So I'm just going to leave it there. I I, I I don't know how much more I can really say right now. So what were your thoughts on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Did you have any major takeaways? Did you get emotional like I did? Did you find the show challenged you in some ways that you weren't expecting? Let me know. Hit me up on social media at Stay Watch and Pod or at Larry Tron pretty much everywhere on social media or shoot me an email. Stay Pod at gmail.com. I really want to hear from you. I really want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, 
right now, uh, just looking at the schedule, I might be taking a little bit of a break and I, I might be calling this a season right here. Uh, I might be picking things back up during the summer. Um, the reason why I, I might be taking a break is I am fully vaccinated at the time of recording this and I am going to be taking some time off to visit family, spend time with family, hopefully see some friends and whatnot. And and, and do a lot of the stuff that I, I haven't been able to do throughout this pandemic. So I might be taking some time off from the podcast. Obviously, keep an eye on the feed. If there are bonus episodes, if there are Mondays at the movies, they will be going out. Um, there are a couple of things that I do want to do reviews for. If there's anything that you want to hear my thoughts on, again, make sure you hit me up on social media. I would definitely love to jump on and talk about something if there's enough interest in it. So as always, stay watching, fam. Peace.